Locked Into the Zone with Diamonds and Roses podcast, bringing you one step closer to Pacific Northwest and Southwest Canada baseball news, stories, and history. Proudly fueled by Baseballism, they're America's brand, Big League Chew, the official bubblegum of Diamonds and Roses podcast, and Devo Bat Company, professional wood grain bats for the love of the game. And now your hosts, Ben and Travis. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben, and you can hear some stuff in the background. And I am at the Ridgefield Raptors game today, but I'm hanging out with a special cool guest all the way from Victoria, British Columbia, Mr. Jim Swanson, GM of the Harbor Cats and the Night Owls. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing really good. And, uh, Although I have gout in my left foot, so I can't even join you in having a, a ballpark beer tonight. So I'm really sad about that, i got to be honest. I am too. You know, I was looking forward to the ballpark lawns, but I don't think that you could have snu- you know, got them across the uh, the border, could you? No, the uh, airport security is a little tight on things like that. They, uh, they think they think they're going to blow up the plane or something. So <laughs> I decided to play it safe when it came to that. But I'll tell you what, I can't wait for the border to be open so we can drive across. we got a number of really fun promotional ideas to tie in with other teams and with other people, yourself included, and just try and remind everybody that we're still around and and uh, we're not going anywhere, but we want to you know have some fun with that kind of an aspect. Yeah, talking about still being around, um, you know, how has it been for you as as a group? Because you not you not only have one team, but you have two teams, one in Victoria, one in Nanaimo, as it described. But this has been a trying year. I mean, you know, again this year, you know, you're supposed to get Nanaimo out there. You had everything going for you, and then they just shut the border down. So, what kind of impact has that been having on just your clubs alone? Well, anybody who knows me knows I'm really competitive, and I take losses very hard. And we haven't lost a game since 2019, so I take that into a positive side. But no, seriously, it, it's not been easy on the business, not been easy on people, it's not been easy on on society in general, just this entire situation. But you know, we've we've made decisions, tough ones, hard ones, um, but we've kept everybody on. We've done what we can do to uh, keep everybody involved. That's within our group, and we've had some tremendous support. My partners are unbelievable. Uh, I can't say enough about them. Our our supporters in Victoria and Nanaimo, our season ticket holders, sponsors, everybody's just jumped on board to do everything they can to make sure that they, you know, they're with us in terms of moving forward. So we're around uh, for 2022. And you know what? We'll be the most prepared teams when 2022 comes around because we better be. We've had a lot of time to think up some ideas and, and put some logistics uh, into place and, and really think of all the details that maybe in another season we might have been rushed to do. But uh, I'm excited. Uh, Victoria, I think everybody realizes a pretty good situation. One of the strongest uh, in, in collegiate summer baseball in terms of that market is just such a great market to be in. Amazing facility. We have a tremendous coaching staff and people, the fans, the supporters get into it. And what's really exciting for me in overseeing that and the Nanaimo Night Owls and bars uh, now is the Nanaimo Night Owls situation and, and impact on its community may actually be significantly greater than what it is in in Victoria by the time this is all said and done because Nanaimo is really really excited about that team coming to Sroxman Stadium and really really excited uh, to see this product on the field they've had some tastes of it because we've taken Victoria games up to Nanaimo in in the past I think uh, three of them and one to Duncan as well Um, so they know what's coming and a number of Nanaimo players have played for Victoria but now we get a chance to really do this and do this right with the improvements to the stadium scoreboard lights dugouts 
uh, paint, a whole bunch of stuff is being done. Lipstick on a pig in some areas, and we're going to really make it a lot of fun. Well, I think you left out one thing. You took down the big green monster, that big plywood wall that if, if you if you had listened to Cobalt, yeah. you would know that there was a lot of plywood that came over on a truck on a ferry, which is one heck of a story, needless to say. If you haven't heard that, go and listen to that particular episode on Siroxwood Stadium. But you also took down the big green wall. Are, are you planning, is there plans to sort of replace it with something similar in nature? First of all, your Cobalt series is another major reason why people are excited in Nanaimo. It's an outstanding series. So anybody listening to this, if you haven't taken the time uh, to listen to Cobalt, you're going to want to listen to it twice, three times to get everything because it's so exhaustive in detail and everything. You guys did an amazing job. Um, But as far as the Green Monster in right field, uh, let me answer that uh, I think the people who loved having the Green Monster there may just like the replacement uh, decision and opportunity in uh, right field in Nanaimo. It's Roxman coming out of it. Uh, We think we're going to have a feature that will be unique to the sport of baseball and a great piece that everyone's going to want to come and see the park for nothing but that reason alone and then be stuck on all the other things from food services to the atmosphere to the music to all the things that are going on and, of course, the great baseball being played on the field in the West Coast League. Yeah, one cool thing that just happened recently is you inked Coach Haney to a five-year deal. Uh, what does that mean to your ball club and, and having you know a continued longevity of a coach that's brought really good success to your ball club? Oh, man, uh, Todd, Todd Haney is is the perfect coach for this, uh, this league and this level of baseball. Played in the big leagues, has coached at a variety of positions, brings with him an energy and a focus and a love of the game and lets the players have a ton of fun and, uh, and, and develops guys. You can see it in our draft picks. To have Todd sign for five years, let me put it this way. I've essentially told Todd, you're my head coach as long as you want to be my head coach. It's, I just can't imagine uh, what would change that in my mind, how much I've gotten to know him and Kira, his wife, over two years. And right now, you, you and I, Ben, we're talking in Ridgefield watching this game in part because we're on our way on a trip to go and visit with Todd Haney. And uh, it's been a long time since we've seen him, almost two years. And that's too much for people who become close friends. Uh, we miss them. The market misses them. They miss Victoria in a great way. They, it's their second home, if not their first home now. And uh, you add in Greg Swindell and, and Mark Pekisic on that coaching staff. And the things that Curtis Pelche is doing for us in the market as a local guy with the Youth Facility Players Club. Uh, and and the Golden Tide College program, um, we just have what is it one heck of a mix uh, when it comes to the uh, the coaching staff in Victoria. And then what's fun for me in looking o- over the, the two clubs is that we have Greg Frady as the head coach, and he just about ate by a ball there. Yeah, Benny. I know he did. He just got to almost ate by five balls. Just about ate one. It's yeah. good. I'm, it's good. I'm hungry. Um, in in Nanaimo with Greg Frady, 34 years as a coach in the college level, 13 years at Georgia State. Uh, you know, winner of the you know ABCA Coaching Ethics uh, Award and a and a headline first night Friday night starter type of a co- uh, speaker at the ABCA conference. Uh, awesome and Gorman Heimuller, former big league co- uh, pitcher who you know struck out Cal Ripken Jr. for his first strikeout in the big leagues. His last pitch to, to Gorman Gorman's last pitch in the big leagues was to Jim Rice in extra innings at Fenway Park oh, for a yeah. grand slam. I mean, what a story he's got, uh-huh. uh, the way he signed, Cal Poly guy, and 34 years, two World Series rings, 
but 34 years as a coach or coach or pitching coordinator in the minor leagues, these are just extremely top-level guys. And I, I gush about this because we have two groups that are just exemplary for coaching staffs, and I put them up against the coaching staffs at any level, anywhere, uh, even the big league level. In some cases, I would put them up against them. Yeah, so I want to talk about Coach Haney for a quick second. I mean, what's that... What's that it factor with him? Like, you know, I really, but I mean, I really want to focus in on what is it that he's teaching these young ball players to you that you think means a lot to them and that they can take away and go back to their respective teams at the collegiate level? Yeah, he teaches them about the work it's going to take. He teaches them about the realism of a guy like him who is a late draft pick after being a absolute star honor guy at uh, at, at Texas as a Longhorn and and he made the big leagues as a big time underdog. He was undersized. He was he was underdog. It is everything about Todd Haney says underdog. And yet five years in the big leagues, I'm sorry, but that's five more years than you and I got together. So yeah. um, you know, he did everything right. He approached things the right way. He's an honest communications uh uh, expert really when it comes down to it I just I've never seen a guy who works that directly with players that I've been able to work with for a long period of time that way and I really appreciate his approach I also know things behind the scenes that you know so there's some videos out there fun between him and the players like you know the dancing on the bus after wins and and uh, I've seen Todd you know dress up in some funny outfits to get the guy's attention again and and, and bring some levity back to things and he just has a ton of fun and then between the lines there's a lot of intensity, and, and he is showing them what it takes for them to be to the next level. And if they have it, and if they decide they want to do it, he will show them the way, and he's done it with a number of guys already. Yeah, I bet he is. I mean, he's just a great overall coach for that that respective team. And, you know, and you got Coach Greg Frady coming in into Nanaimo. You know, he's he's currently volunteering, you know, at Georgetown. But I remember speaking with Coach for uh, Colball, and, you know, just one heck of a coach, great talker. I mean, he, you know, he's, you know, even coached for the German national team. And, and, and that's where he said he met you up in, uh, Prince George. Up, yeah, up in Prince George, yeah. you know, and that, that relationship and how that formed. And, you know, he's just kind of one of those things that you two have been pretty much on track, right, to, you know, potentially coach a team if you had one come up. I would, I would actually say the highlight of my coaching career uh, was I coached against Greg Frady and I beat him. What? And uh, yeah, I did in one game. But then later in the tournament, he coached. We played against each other again. He beat me, and in a game that mattered more. So uh, he'll always have that over me. But you know what? You met. You just met Greg over the phone, and you wanted to go through a wall for him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that when we when I first introduced him to our ownership group on a Zoom call, COVID and all those things going on. Uh, one of our one of our one of our group it was really funny. After Greg spoke for a few minutes about things he'd done and what he wants to see in the organization and what he wants to see in the program and what he thinks he brings to the table, one of our our very strong members of our organization, our, our ownership group, and they're all strong. But one of one guy in particular. Uh, in the first comments after that said, I feel really inadequate right now because he had, <laughs> he had just listened to, to Greg communicate and Greg uh, Greg show his fire and his love for the game and his commitment to it. And, you know, I, I think, you know, Greg and I have a great relationship going back a long ways. He knows what I'm about. I know what he's about. Um, it was a huge feather in the cap of our organization and including, I'll take it, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll happily uh, say this about myself as well, um, that... You know, when he, we came to talking about the contract for Nanaimo, one of the stipulations he had is that he wanted a five-year deal. Mm-hmm. And that was his stipulation, not mine. Uh, I was thinking two, three years, see how it goes. 
he said he wanted to commit in five years. That says a lot about the West Coast League. says a lot about, I think, our organization. says a lot about Nanaimo and what Victoria has done because a lot of what the read is on what Nanaimo is going to be like is about how we run an operation in Victoria. And that's a big part of what Nanaimo is expecting. It's a big part of what they're going to get. And I, I, I just can't tell you that that I think we could have possibly put together two better coaching staffs than what I've got set up right now and in uh, Todd leading that group and Greg leading Gorman Highmuller and a young guy named Chad Matten going to be the coaching staff uh, in uh, in Nanaimo. It's going to be outstanding. So, uh, you know, you talk about the, the level of Major League experience that you have on your coaching staff, but just recently we had the Major League Baseball draft and the West Coast League alone put in like 40 players uh, in, in the draft. But that, you know, the, uh, Victoria contributed, uh, you know, several players. I think it was like six or seven uh, to, to that, that group. Um, you know, talk a little bit about what that means uh, to your group as a whole. Yeah, I mean, 40 players in a 20-round in, uh, in draft, a very shortened draft because of what's going on. The last full draft that, that took place in 2019, and the West Coast League had 90 players taken. Um, and, and yeah, maybe some of those 90 were weighted a little bit past the 20 rounds, obviously, but that have to have 40 guys taken in that first 20, in that 20 round draft, we had six, we actually had nine. I counted as nine because of three other players, uh, that were either going to play for us because of COVID did not. Um, so we, we believe that, that they would have been part of our development and part of our, uh, our list at the end of it as well. Uh, but the stay with the six is still a great number. Shane McGuire, the first guy of ours taken. Uh, in the ninth round to see Wyatt Young go, see Luke Boyd go late the way he did. Um, you know, all those guys, it's just a fantastic number for us to see that number and and uh, and, and really fun for us to remember back to the input, input those guys' impact they had on us at our park and in our league and across the West Coast League. It's just a lot of fun to remember that. And now we cheer for them to make the next level, to get where Nick Pavetta is, to get where Alex Degote got a cup taste of this year, to get where Andrew Vaughn is right now with the with Chicago White Sox, where Quentin Torres Costa, Nate Lucas, and Davis Wenzel, and so many great players that we've had come through that are sitting, sitting there knocking on the door right now. It's just a really fun thing for us to watch. Speaking, I know this is what I was going to bring up. Speaking of Nick Pavetta and Andrew Vaughn, I mean, yeah. And I'm not going to take away the other players, but, I mean, those two are, are playing well. I know that you posted a uh, video of Andrew hitting his first home run some weeks ago, and Nick Pavetta has just been on fire in Boston, and Andrew Vaughn doing really well hitting and fielding for Chicago. I mean, what does it what does it mean to your organization? What does it mean to you personally to, like, have those players uh, playing at the elite level in the Major League Baseball? Well, they're both very, they're both very special to us, right? Is uh, is that a home run? We used to do a home run here. We might oh have. man, home run or was it foul? They're just gonna have a conversation. But um, so the so the question, uh, you know, Nick Pavetta is extremely special to us. Uh, he's a Victoria guy through the first pitch in our team's history. Uh, grew up playing for the Victoria Eagles program in in Victoria. Uh, we know his mom well. We know his stepdad well. We know we know his family well. Um, I mean, that's a real personal one for us, and it's a lot of fun. And I mean, this is a guy who had a no-hitter going this year into the seventh inning and got taken out with, didn't give up a hit. This is a guy who should have been a legitimate candidate for the All-Star game. We don't know if he was or not because they don't release that. Uh, but he should have been in the conversation to be in the All-Star game this year. Um, really fun to watch Nick's development and to see him grow. And, you know, pitchers often do come into their own 27, 28, 29. He's, he's into those age groups now, and he's going to be there. Andrew Vaughn is, uh, you know, he's just another another guy for us that 
that is really at that top end. And, you know, he's, he wasn't with us very long in the 2017 season, but he was promised us as a pitcher. Can you believe that? And he's only one of the best bats in college baseball in the last 10 years. And he's really having an impact. He's uh, We watched him very closely because not only is he a great player, but he's just an amazing, amazing human being. And you get to know Andrew Vaughn, you meet him, you've met a good person and you know that you meet uh, you meet Nick Vivetta a little quieter guy but you've met a good person you meet Alex Degote met a good person uh, you meet Quentin Torres Costa really good person uh, Nathan Lucas you know, all these guys that's the thing that stands out for me uh, having you know a daughter who just graduated high school another son who's playing college baseball right now and to know that what's more important than anything else to become good people and and they're being good people and being successful at the things that they want to do yeah and that's that's great to hear now uh, my last question, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go so we can uh, enjoy our beer and hot dogs and whatever no else of the game. Oh no yeah, beer, my beer. Not mine. <laughs> uh, but you know, I know that you're teased out a little bit um, that there's some potential things in the works up in for Nanaimo and Victoria. Can you give us a little like sneak peek, a little haha <laughs> about what might be coming down the pipe? Because I, you know, I mean, I think we talked about maybe the borders opening, something like that going on soon, but you, you got to have something up your sleeve because you always do. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we're, we were working on some things. I mean, the, the board, we won't be involved in this season, unfortunately. So it'll be two in a row for Victoria out and the supposed first season for Nanaimo not happening. Um, we were going to work on some exhibition games. We did work on some exhibition games. I think I can safely say they're not going to happen. And unfortunately, it's, uh, and we're not, for, unfortunately, it's fortunately because of facility issues. So, and they're not issues. They're, 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 they're real things. So there's a lot of work going on in Nanaimo to, to improve Siroxima Stadium. And when we didn't, we weren't able to play the season and the, the high school level season was maybe, uh, they ramped back the, the hurry on that. They, they really did slow up the process. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everything right about getting it right. And so that's going to happen. So it doesn't mean that we're going to be able to do what we necessarily wanted to do this year. The idea was to play a game in Victoria and a game in Nanaimo, put teams together. Wouldn't be our usual games, teams, but, um, you know, our usual coaching staffs, so we do what we can. <coughs> Victoria is not going to happen. Uh, the fence that needs to be put in the way that it's done and the fact the city is rightly using it for youth programming for the summer. They put tents up and different things up around. That's what should be happening, is to use the, the facility for youth programming and for overall community programming. Not special interest, but overall community programming and youth programming. They're doing that, and I think it's outstanding that they are. Excellent. Well, that's some good information. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm sorry that you're not able to have some of those, at least those exhibition games this year. But we can look forward to seeing Nanaimo Night Owls slash bars in the Victoria Harbor Cats in the 2022 season. So keep an eye out on that. Jim, I really appreciate you taking time uh, to spend with me today, inviting us to the game here at Ridgefield. It's really good to see you and glad you were able to escape Alcatraz, or are known as the island. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It's always great to talk to you. And, uh, and, and I'll do what you told me to do and give Ray Kirk a really hard time the next time I talk to him. Yes, Ray, it's coming your way, buddy. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ben. I hope you have a great day wherever you are at. And peace out.